Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show. Uh, thank you for coming in and joining us Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week, getting ready for that downhill slide to Firearms Friday already, already Wednesday morning. And uh, we are ready to do it. Uh, quick reminder that uh, this uh, coming Monday is Labor Day. So uh, just a bit of housekeeping to let you know that we will be off this Monday. And uh, you'll be listening to alternative programming on all the stations across the state of Alaska. So uh, whether you uh, are in the north or the south or the interior or the peninsula or all the way down on the Aleutian chain, you'll be hearing all those things and more. And we will be off this Monday, returning on Tuesday. So we'll be off for Labor Day. And uh, you should uh, be ready, be prepared. Don't forget, you can always pick up uh, and catch up on the podcast to get your fix going on. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be good to go. Um, <clears throat> that's a little piece of uh, that's that's item number one. Item number two. Uh, this hour of the program being brought to your friends by uh, over there at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com, and they are the purveyors of everything, well, satellite. Uh, from Iridium-connected phones to the bivy stick to, uh, uh, you know, internet, uh, satellite internet and satellite email for your boats and your uh, four-wheelers. And, of course, hunting season's coming up, so they want to remind you that that bivy stick is the perfect solution for your hunting uh, camp or your hunting solution. If you need to be in contact with somebody, that's the best way to do it is with your little bivy stick. Uh, so we want to say thank you to uh, Satellite West for sponsoring the program this morning. And finally, if you're down in the Homer area, oh man, there's a lot of stuff today. If you're down in the Homer area, you are coming down to the very tail end of the Homer Chamber of Commerce truck raffle which is ending this Saturday, September the 3rd. You don't want to miss your chance to uh, win a 2022 Ford F-150 King Ranch pickup. Now, the raffle tickets are only 75 bucks. This is an $80,000 pickup truck. I mean, fully loaded. Uh, you can get your tickets online through today. Then you'll have to go down to the Homer Chamber of Commerce office to get the tickets before the Saturday drawing. But uh, you got to get everything today. So go to homeralaska.org or go to the Homer Chamber Facebook page and get a chance to uh, pick those tickets up online because today is the last day for the online purchase. So you can be anywhere in the state and pick up those tickets uh, for this $80,000 fully loaded F-150 King Ranch. 
Um, and it uh, looks like it's going to be a big one. They're going to have the drawing on Saturday at 4 p.m., free hot dogs and refreshments and everything else, and then the drawing at 5. Again, go to homeralaska.org or to the Homer Chamber Facebook page for more information. Uh, but today is the last day to get those tickets. So there you go. Um, all right. Uh, coming up on the program today, um, we are going to, um, whew, man, we got some headlines to hit here this morning, just a few headlines, and then we're going to dive right into it hot and heavy. I see already that in my green room, I see Frank uh, Tomaszewski is in the green room and I hope I did not murder his name, murder it. I may have, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I was corrected yesterday, so hopefully uh, we did that right. Frank Tomaszewski, who is running for uh, State House in District 34 uh, against Grier Hopkins, and uh, which uh, that is the battle of the century right there. I can't wait to, to get some details on that. So he's going to be with us here in hour one. We're going to be joining him in about... It's going to be about 10, 10 minutes, <clears throat> 10 minutes or so. We're going to be joining in with him. And then in hour two, State Senator Mike Schauer, who is currently the senator for what is District E, although I don't know when officially it changes numbers and letters, but it's going to be District O. It's, it is or is going to be District O uh, down here in the Matsu. And he's going to be joining us and talking with us about the um, getting done dirty by the uh, ARP, the Alaska Republican Party, and the their, it's called the SEC. I don't know exactly what that stands for, but it is the Senate Leadership Fund Committee where they spread money out to different candidates in their different races. He is the only incumbent that had money given to both him, a little tiny slice of money, like the bare minimum, and money given to his opponent. So it seems like he has, um, he hath irritated the powers that be. Apparently for being too conservative, too effective, too beloved by his constituency. I'm not quite sure uh, what the answer is. But the guy that they got running against him is a big government, bring back the defined benefits, I will give you a leftover remainder PFD kind of guy. And uh, they're giving him this the only candidate in the House and the Senate where the opponent running against the conservative incumbent actually receive money from this committee. Um, now, it may have something to do with the fact that uh, Peter Machicki was the one that was giving guidance on this, and uh, there may be no love lost there. I don't know. We're going to get some We're gonna get some uh, rundown on this here uh, in hour two. So that's, that's all coming up. So, Whew. man, we got a lot of stuff going on today. All right, let's get into the headlines, shall we? Um, so first and foremost, the results of Alaska's U.S. House race, they finally told us yesterday when exactly it was going to happen. And apparently it's been kind of a hot chocolate mess. Um, there was actually supposed to be a candidate forum today at the Oil and Gas Association. Um, they found out that the Division of Elections had made a last minute announcement that they were going to tabulate the election results and have everything announced and do it all on live Facebook at 4 p.m. today. So by 4 p.m. this afternoon, we should know who the uh, winner of this uh, of this uh, special general election is going to be. 
and that caused the division of the Alaska Oil and Gas Association to cut their form down from 90 minutes to 45 minutes so that it would end at 345, which is 15 minutes before. It'd be a little awkward if they were up there debating and there was already a winner. Uh, that would be a little awkward uh, when it's all said and done. But so we're going to know today at apparently at 4 p.m. who the Congress uh, critter is going to be for the remainder of this term going out uh, into uh, January uh, when, you know, and of course, we also not only do we vote in the special election for the Congress uh, person, uh, we also voted in the primary and those numbers are going to be tabulated and everything else and we'll have you know, it, it that that's going to be that's going to come down into the November general election. Right now, it uh, is going to be Mary Peltola and Sarah Palin and uh, Nick Baggage the third and Chris By the Libertarian. So those four people will be in the November election. Meanwhile, we will know today at four p.m. who's going to fill out the seat between now and then. Even money on Peltola and Palin at this point with Baggage coming in third. Um, if I had to lay down actual real dead American presidents and dollars, I would say that probably Sarah Palin is going to eke out a win here on this one just based on the fact that I think many people um, who would have voted for Nick would be more than likely to fill out a second candidate uh, and not be a bullet voter. I think that the Palin voters would probably be more likely to be bullet voters. That's just my personal opinion and just anecdotally. But I think that when it's all said and done, I think Sarah Palin may eke out a win here, and we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with that as well. That lawsuit that was challenging David Eastman to be uh, his eligibility to hold office, um, I thought that thing had died and gone away, but no, apparently it's still continuing. Uh, a judge is set today to decide on whether or not to fast track the legal challenge against David Eastman. This was f- uh, filed by former uh, Matsu Borough Assemblyman Randall Kowalki, uh, who filed the suit earlier last uh, or earlier this month. He alleged that uh, Eastman's membership of Oath Keepers violated the Constitution's disloyalty clause. Which, I mean, that's if I'll be honest, that's a huge, huge stretch. Uh, when it's all said and done. The division had filed a motion earlier in the month to dismiss the charges in the lawsuit. They basically said that the preponderance of evidence supports Eastman's eligibility to run for office. They said, look, we don't we all we can do. We don't have the they're not equipped to investigate candidates, political affiliations and associations. Instead, they basically can say, uh, you know, determine the age, the citizenship, the residency. Are you good to go or not? Now, Eastman's being represented by Joe Miller. Uh, which, uh, oh man, I'd pay money to watch that. I'd pay money to watch that battle. Uh, Joe Miller has filed a petition uh, or a motion, rather, asking the judge to move the case to Palmer. And uh, the state has joined Miller in opposing Kowalki's plans for an expedited hearing, calling it an, an unnecessary fire drill. This whole thing is, at this point, unnecessary. His constituency will decide. I mean, you can agree or disagree with David Eastman, but his constituency will decide what they want, and we should be happy with that, uh, quite honestly, when it's all said and done. Um, all right. Uh, finally, <clears throat> this is the final story before we go to break. Uh, if you ride a Polaris snow machine... And I know that there is a ton of you who ride a Polaris snow machine. They have issued a recall. Uh, They're telling snow machiners not to ride a 
decades worth of snow machines due to the risk of fire. Um, this is what Snowgoer, the magazine Snowgoer, called perhaps one of the most stunning recall-related notices we've ever seen. In a written statement on Tuesday, according to the ADN, uh, Polaris said that the problem can crop up with, quote, degraded fuel and especially after extended storage, i.e., you've stored it all summer, spring and summer and fall, and then you go to use it. The, uh, f- the problem can crop up with degraded fuel, especially after extended storage, adding it can cause, quote, a risk of fire due to electrostatic discharge inside the fuel tank. The recall order pertains to matrix models from 2020 to 20, excuse me, 2021 to 2023, axis models from 2015 to 2022, and trail performance pro ride snow machines from 2013 and 2014. The company said that under specific conditions, vapor may be ignited inside the fuel tank, posing a potential injury hazard to consumers. The risk of injury is real. According to the company, 30 fuel tanks have ruptured, 16 have caught fire, and one person was reportedly injured. Now, the company said it's alerting customers to the issue directly. They can also check to see if your vehicle is included in the notice of the recall by going to Polaris's website, which is at Polaris.com. Just look for the recall notification there. They estimate the problem affects almost a quarter of a million snow machines worldwide. And uh, they didn't have specific uh, figures and, and say how many of those units are in Alaska. The Polaris dealers in Alaska who, be co- who got contacted by the ADN had not heard of the problem yet. So this is like just breaking right now. Um, now, here's what they say you can do. Uh, if the rider needs to start their snowmobile, they just have to make sure the fuel tank is full. And if it's not, they need to add fresh gasoline to fill the tank. That apparently solves all the pro- it's when the old fuel off gases inside the tank and then it's just so apparently just top the fuel tank off the problem of course is that these are going to have to be repaired by polaris and many people who live in rural communities have no way of getting their machine to a polaris dealer in a timely or affordable fashion to get this stuff fixed i guess it's better to just put another gallon of gas in there and get it done but this is kind of mind blowing so if you've got a polaris out there that's you know 10 years old or newer, you apparently want to go check this out. It's uh, just don't don't be just starting that snow machine when the white stuff flies. All right, that's the headlines for today. We got more coming up, uh, including Frank Tomaszewski, who's running for District Thirty Four. Again, fingers crossed that we didn't murder his name. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show, Covet Sets, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Radio. Okay, we are in the commercial break right now, and uh, we'll be ready to uh, we'll be ready to get into this. Uh, I see Frank is in the chat room or in the uh, green room. He's been there for quite a while, so let's. Uh, I guess let's activate him and make sure everything is working properly. Good morning, sir. How are you? 
Good morning, Mr. Dukes. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Holy cow. You're, you're fresh and clean and no caffeine. All right. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so we're ready to go now again so that I don't uh, look foolish and murder. Tomaszewski, am I right? Yeah, Tomaszewski. You said it pretty pr almost perfect. Okay, Tomaszewski. So, okay, great. all right. Because yesterday yeah. I said Tomaszewski and somebody just murdered me over and I'm like, I'm only <laughs> reading it phonetically. What do you want from me? So, uh, all right. So we're going to jump back into this set. Uh, Frank, uh, hold the line here. I'm going to just... Uh, I'm going to put you back in the background again for just a minute. You can hang out with us there, and we will be right back to you. Don't uh, go anywhere. i got to get caught up here in the chat room because these people are important to me, uh, and I want to hear what they have to say. Wow, they've been talkative this morning. So let me go back here and see what's going on. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, please, please add, well, that's just stupid. To the morning litany. I haven't, I don't have that cut. Who's, who said that, Robbie? Robbie said, please add, please add, well, that's just stupid to the morning litany. I would love to, um, but uh, I don't know who said that and when. Let me know because I'll go find that. That, that matches perfectly with my soundbite catalog that I have um, uh, going, going on out there. I mean, come on. Who doesn't, uh, who doesn't want to hear, you know? The greed. And the entitlement is astounding to me. I just, I just don't, don't fathom it. Yeah, I know. I understand. Who doesn't want, who, who doesn't want to add? Uh, who doesn't want to add? Well, that's just stupid to that library. I mean, come on. That was just BS. I mean, come on. We we want to do that. All right. Um, over with the hump day with the breeze. Good morning. Hey, my wife was in the chat room. I didn't even see that. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, all right, blah, 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 blah. Good morning, comrades. How about we join the salute to the benevolent despots in Washington, D.C.? Am I going to Homer again? I don't know. Uh, we were talking about going to Homer this weekend, but I haven't. It's been a hell of a week already. It's Wednesday, and I haven't even gotten half the stuff done I was supposed to get done this week. Uh, whoever's pitching Sarah on the radio sounds like Sam Elliott. I was not dreaming. Yeah, they've got a sound alike. Well, Sarah Palin is going to do her thing. Does Sam Elliott sound like? He sounds really close, too. I listened to the ad the other day, and I was like, damn, that guy's good. As a voice actor, I was jealous. I was jealous. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I saw Donna Ardwins in the chat room. Good morning. The Republican Party has turned left big time, says Ken. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through here, trying to get through all these comments before we run out of daylight here. I'm about a minute and a half back from the radio. Uh, once you get a grip on the election fraud, you can understand why we are in the ditch. Will there be an envelope, squeals, crowns, confetti? Brian's asking about the announcement at four o'clock today. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Harold says he's going to put his money on Peltola instead of Palin. Um, I, it, you know, I guess it's possible, but statistically and numerically, it makes sense that more of, uh, Begich's, uh, second votes would go to Palin and not Peltola. So we'll, we'll see. Um, that is the problem. Uh, David is not going to lose the ballot box. He's talking about David Eastman says Chris over on uh, Twitch. He says that, uh, that's, uh, going on. Okay. Major recall, major recall. Um, 
Just outlaw electrostatic discharge, says Brian. That's the answer. You're probably right. You're probably right. Sounds like a made-up problem. Um, are we seriously talking about snowmobiles already? Well, we're talking about a recall on a quarter of a million snowmobiles. That's uh, um, that was it. That was that was that's true. Okay, um, I'm ready to go. Dang, that's some big stuff right there. Let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe and ring the bell. Frank Tomaszewski is uh, going to be our guest. Let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show. All right, welcome back to the program, and good morning to you. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. Uh, on this, your favorite radio station and FM translator, and around the world on the internet as well. Joining us right now is our first guest of the day. We're getting ready to jump into it. It's uh, Frank Tomaszewski, who is a uh, longtime interior Alaskan guy. He's been around for, well, 45 years. He's uh, an entrepreneur, small business owner, electrical contractor, uh, currently serving on the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly. And he decided, I don't know exactly when he lost his mind. I mean, lost, lost. I guess <laughs> he ran for the assembly first, which is the first bad sign. Second of all, then he decided to run for state house. Uh, he joins us this morning. He is running for House District 34. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Michael. I am excited to be here. Well, Thank you for having me. Man, nobody should be that except, whoa, pull, pull it back, <laughs> Frank. Pull it back. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. So, uh, you know, I guess, Frank, we'll get, we'll get a little, I mean, I just gave the thumbnail, but give us a little bit of background about who you are, where you are, where you come from, and exactly why you are a glutton for punishment. I mean, you're already running, a, I served on the borough assembly, probably the most painful five years of my life. <laughs> But, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll move on to why you decided to run. Uh, honestly, Michael, I feel your pain, uh, you know, and, and listening to your stories about the borough assembly, um, you know, made me want to gave me one more little uh, indi <laughs> in, indication that I should do that, you know, because everybody should feel a little pain in their life. Well, you want to share yeah. the pain. I see how it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> share, the, share the burden with everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, I've been, I came to Fairbanks or to, yeah, to Fairbanks in 1979 as a, as a young lad, my, my folks told me to get in the car one day and I went from dodging traffic in Illinois to dodging mosquitoes in Fairbanks, Alaska. And so, and I've lived here ever since it's been 43 years. Um, I, Fairbanks is my home, you know, I plan on dying here and, uh, it, it's a great place to live. And uh, the reason I actually ran for the assembly, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I'm in this little uh, subdivision close to Birch Hill and um, Briar Hopkins dad was the mayor at the time. Right, uh, right. Lou Hopkins from the borough. And uh, he started a little, uh, he was going to put a 400 car parking lot right next to my lot and kind of right at the beginning of our little cul-de-sac here um, for the Birch Hill ski area. 
And so uh, he went around and they went around and they got everybody's opinion and said, hey, should we do this? And they got didn't come to me, though. And so when I got wind of it, we went to the mayor and we said, hey, what's going on? And 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 Mr. Hopkins, he said, well, if you get half of the residents to say we don't want it, then we won't buy that land. So I did. I went around. I got half the resident, more than half the residents to say we don't want this at the beginning of our little cul-de-sac here. Uh, so please don't do it. And they bought the land anyway. And now to their credit, they just built a big maintenance shop and, and added some more ski trails, which was better for the community. But it got me thinking, what is this borough assembly and what are they doing? You know, what do they do behind the scenes? Because I never really paid attention before then. Right. Yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing. You never pay attention until it's in your own backyard. I mean, government is what happens to you when you are not paying attention. And that's exactly what went on. So you got some education there, and that's what kicked you off to decide to run for the borough assembly? Uh, it really is. You know, I, I I paid more attention to federal stuff, to, you know, to uh, uh, presidents, to senators. I paid more attention to what was going on nationally. Um, and that really kicked <laughs> me into saying, you know, what's going on? What do these people do down here? Yeah. And why do my property taxes keep going up? And I remember Michael Dukes talking about this on the radio. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I went down and I signed up at the last day, at the last hour um, in 2019. And the very next day I was taking my son. We, he was going off for football scholarships. We were, we were touring some different colleges in the States. And and the, the next day I went and I was gone for another eight, nine days after that. So I, I came back and I went, oh, yeah, I signed up for uh, uh, the assembly. It's time, I guess, to start campaigning. So Right, I right. Well, you fell, cla you fell uh, victim to the classic ploy, the first of which is to never get involved in a land war in Asia. And the second of all is to get focused on national issues to which you have absolutely no control. And instead, you should be focusing on local issues. And I'm glad you're doing it. And now, of course, you're taking it to the next logical conclusion, which is now that you've done some damage in the borough assembly, you want to move on up to the uh, state house. Tell me, uh, that must have been an interesting conversation with your uh, with your significant uh, others in your family. Uh, absolutely. Um, going from, you know, meetings every Thursday night locally to leaving for four months and who knows, maybe special sessions and all that. That was definitely a conversation that we took seriously. You know, I have a, a, a small business that I, I run and, you know, we had a lot of decisions to make on how we're going to change the the model, the process. So it was a big decision. And, um, you know, I last year, my friend Keith Kerber ran against Greyer Hopkins and and I helped him with his campaign. And and he's a great guy. Uh, uh, and I really uh, wanted him to win, but the, the, the cards didn't play out. But with the redistricting now that we have, we definitely are in much better position to actually uh, remove uh, Greyer. Uh, what I've been saying is fire Greyer. So those are the two words that I wanted people <laughs> to remember. Let's fire Greyer. And uh, so we're in a much better position. The redistricting board was really good to us. And um, we're in a real excellent uh, uh, position to, to do that. 
Well, that's good. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the race so far. Uh, I do want to talk about some of your policies and things like that. We're going to get into that here, uh, I think, probably in the next segment. But first and foremost, now you've gone out, you've decided to run for higher office. I'm assuming that you've had a chance to interact with a constituency. Uh, This is an interesting district. This District 34 is an interesting district because it is, I guess it would be what I would consider to be a purple district. Um, It has some components uh, leaning left because of the, uh, you know, it it encompasses a portion of the university and more. But uh, what has been the reaction so far as you've gone out and talked to people door to door or meet and greets or whatever else? What's the reaction from the constituency or what are you hearing? Um, I would consider this more of a red district at this point. You know, we do have... uh, farmer's loop, but we we dropped off, the redistricting dropped off the university, Goldstream, uh, University, uh, and Esther. So it's uh, it's more of a red district now. We picked up a lot of the rural. We've got picked up Two Rivers, uh, Salcha, Isleson, uh, Harding Lake. So um, so you we definitely were, got some red in there. Well, you know, I didn't realize it had gone that far out. I hadn't looked at the actual district line on this one. So you did get some of the big red that's coming out there from the uh, east side of town. Absolutely. So we go uh, east of Belaine Road. We pick up. It, so everything west of Belaine Road is no longer in the district. So we go east of Belaine Road, pick up all of Farmers Loop, Fox, Old Steese, Two Rivers, Steel Creek, uh, where I live on Birch Hill. And then it swoops around North Pole, picks up Isleson, Salcha, and Harding Lake. So it, it is more of, it, it's a huge district. I think there's more moose, actually, than people in this district. <laughs> it's quite because possible. it is so big. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the moose hunters would disagree, but it's possible. It's absolutely possible. <laughs> yeah. What are the people, as you go out and talk to them, what are they saying? Though? I mean, what is the what is important for your district right now? I'm always interested. This is a question that I often ask, and I don't know if people care about it or not, but I do because I'm concerned, like you, there's a lot of people out there who get so focused on for example, the national issues, oh, the Mar-a-Lago thing or the this or the that or the the build back better or the, I mean, there's a lot of issues out there, don't get me wrong, but you and I have zero input on almost any of that stuff. I want to know what people are caring about at the state level. So this is why I'm always interested to hear what are your constituencies saying out, uh, saying for you? Well, you know, you lived in Fairbanks a long time and you know that the price of, uh, utilities, the price of living, the cost of living in Fairbanks, Alaska is really high. And and when we have a Biden administration that comes in and basically closes down Anwar, shuts down Ambler Road and, and our, a lot of our resource development, it makes it even worse. And at the same time, they're printing money. So, you know, everything costs more. The, the cost of living is a big factor in, in Fairbanks. And that's what people are really uh, concerned about in, in our district. Um, and just the the government overreach, you know, um, yeah, you know that those are a lot of the decision, a lot of the things that are happening and talking about in, in Fairbanks. Things about like uh, wood wood burning and things like that, and smoke, and trying to be able to afford to do that. Does that naturally fold into a question? We're talking, by the way, with Frank Tomaszewski from uh, Fairbanks District Thirty Four candidate. Does that fold back into a conversation about a full PFD? I mean, a full PFD would go a long way to. I saw somebody crying yesterday on Facebook, and I don't mean I'm I'm not being mocking. I mean, they were literally almost weeping because they got a $2,000 bill to fill their 500-gallon fuel tank. And and so does does this conversation naturally then move over to the PFD? 
Well, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, people are keeping track. You know, uh, I've I've talked to people and they say, hey, the state owes me $18,000 from the last, you know, uh, so several years when they've been taking the dividend. Uh, you know, two years last year, I, I have a thousand gallon fuel tank and I and I fill it up when it dips in the summer. Right. When, when the prices is low, I fill up my heating tank, heating oil. And last year it cost me $2,600. It was about $2.60 a gallon to fill it up. Two years ago, it was $1.60. This year it's going to cost me about five grand. Right. And, and that is, that is a huge jump. And so when you talk to people about that, the price, the cost of living, and you factor in that the PFD has been consistent, consistently, been stripped from its full statutory amount. You know that's definitely something that people are talking talking about, uh, concerned about. So yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, and it's it's good to see. I mean, again, I think when it comes back to it, this is the old uh, uh, James Carville. You know, uh, uh, it's the economy, stupid. Uh, people could care about this issue or that issue, but in the long run, what they care about is what's going on in their in their finances and what's going on in their pocketbooks. Um, and that, that makes sense. I mean, I was like you, I had a thousand gallon fuel tank. Unfortunately, I couldn't, I couldn't wait a whole year to fill it. I had to fill it probably one and a half times a year where I lived Mm -hmm. and with my house. And so it was painful. I remember one year I did get a $5,000 bill for, uh, filling that tank up and that's, Oh, that's a, that's some painful stuff. Uh, one of the brightest spots about moving down into South Central is that I saved, I mean, thousands of dollars in the first few months just on utilities alone. It's tough living in Fairbanks. It's a whole different ball of wax for most people down in the peninsula and every place. They don't understand what it's like to live in the interior. It's a tough place to live. Uh, and following the law, following and having a full statutory PFD is... Uh, is is probably front and center the number one issue I would assume for many people down there, and that's that's where you stand, right? You stand behind a hashtag follow the damn law and a full statutory PFD. Absolutely, I think that's the way it should be, and we need to follow the law. the The legislature shouldn't be, you know, picking and choosing which statutes to choose to to follow and not follow. So, you know, if if it's the will of the people to change it, then let the will of the people change it and, and not, uh, you know, just disregard what we have in statute. We should be paying the full PFD. Okay. Frank Tomaszewski is our guest. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to him specifically about some of his goals and some of his ideas for how we can bring government to, to heal and bring it back and make it serve the people uh, better than uh, better than uh, serving themselves. How about that? We're going to continue with that here in just a moment. Again, just a reminder, today is the last day to get your raffle tickets for the Homer Chamber of Commerce truck raffle. It's ending this Saturday. And uh, so this is your last chance to get those tickets online. Uh, $75 a piece for a brand new Ford F-150 King Ranch pickup. They're going to be drawing on Saturday, so after today, you'll actually have to go to the Homer Chamber office to pick them up, and then they're drawing on Saturday. Uh, 4 p.m., it's free hot dogs and refreshments with a drawing at 5. For all the information, go to homeralaska.org and get uh, squared away down there. We'll be back with Frank uh, Tomaszewski uh, right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. We return with Common Sense Radio right after this.
Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. So I'm interested to continue with Frank here in the break and talk a little bit about his experience at the Borough Assembly. People often ask, what was it like being on the Borough Assembly? And I said, well, let's see. You see that door jam over there? Just stick your hand in that door jam and repeatedly slam the door until you pass out from the pain. And when you wake up, do it again. That was kind of my impression of working in the Borough Assembly. What uh, what say you, Frank? I mean, is that have, have you got any wins or loses? Or I mean, I, I continually have watched the Borough Assembly since I left got, kind of shift more and more to the left-hand side of the spectrum. It was already left. When I, when I left, when I started, there was a pretty even mix. And when I left, it was me and Lance Roberts were the only two conservative members on the entire assembly. What's it like these days? What's it been like? Give me a give me a run here. So so when I ran for election, we had one conservative on the assembly. Uh, and when when I won, then we picked up two more. So it was a three to six type of a split. Uh, last year, we picked up a fourth. So now it's four to five. So basically... Uh, the entire my entire stint on the assembly has been in the minority um and it's you know it's it's not too painful we're we're pretty uh uh cordial to each other and um you know one of one of my goals uh, you know that i went in there with is reducing our property taxes and obviously it's a very difficult process to do when you consider the uh, built-in you know cost of living increases and all the other things that uh, contribute to our our borough government. Um, but what, what we went in there or I went in there looking to do is really take care of the, the deferred maintenance issues. And uh, specifically we focused on schools, you know, you know how, uh, you know how they like to pass bond packages. Well, it's a lot easier to pass a bond package when it's for a school because it's for the children. Right. And who doesn't want a good education for their children? Right. How could you hate the children for not funding them with everything we ask for? Exactly. So, so what we did, we focused on taking care of all those maintenance maintenance issues with our schools because there's there's a huge backlog. I mean, it was millions and millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, and so we focused on taking care of those. We put those at the be- at the front of every capital improvement uh, package that we did. We took care of all the schools and got them done, and 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 repaired and the maintenance taken care of. I mean, there's still a lot to do. Don't get me wrong. But by moving those to the front of the line, we were able to stop any bond packages from being introduced to the people to vote on. So that that was one of my major accomplishments that I'm uh, no new bond packages to add money onto your because with the tax cap, as you real as you know, the tax cap that's been there 30 years, we vote on it every two years, right? Um, the bond packages actually add are not affected by the right. by they're, the tax. They're outside so, of the tax cap, right? So they add to the bottom line without affecting the tax cap. It's the sneaky little way that they try to get around that because the tax cap does not cover those things. And I saw that for years, and I argued against all these different bond packages, especially 
And I warned about this when I was on the assembly, and it wasn't until Carl Castle was the borough mayor after I left that they discovered, quote unquote, this $280 million in deferred maintenance backlog that I had been griping about for five years. Um, And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we've got to pay for all these buildings. Yes, all these buildings that you bonded for, you have to pay to keep them up. And you can't just keep shoveling the money around. And on that note, one of the, you know, when, when I was elected in 2019, we immediately went into COVID, right? COVID struck, uh, you know, our world is turned upside down. Um, and and one, of, one of the things that really made me decide that I would need to run against Grier Hopkins is Grier Hopkins came to one of our Economic Development Commission meetings, which I, which I sit on, the commission. And he said, you know what, with the borough, that, you know, taking my... Keep in mind, we are in the two weeks of, you know, flattening the curve. As right, you remember, right, right. the two weeks turned into however many weeks. I, I, I can't even keep track. But he, he, we were literally in the two weeks of flattening the curve. And Greyer Hopkins comes to the Economic Development Commission meeting. And he says, what the borough really needs to do right now is pass some bond packages. And, and I almost fell out of my chair. I, I, are you kidding? You know, what? we're it's a crisis and it's like you you know the the montage for the the leftists is never let a a crisis go Go to to waste waste, right yeah exactly and and i'm thinking why would you want to stick that on the taxpayers when we don't even know what's happening you know we we have no idea what the outcome of this are we all gonna die what's gonna happen you know with the with the media we we were all gonna die and everything was gonna you know ashes and in brimstone and ashes you know and so when he came and said that i thought wow this guy he really doesn't get it i mean just pass bond packages for no particular reason build some more buildings that we need to maintain no let's take care of the (laughs) the buildings that we have and maintain those and and you know stop the roofs from leaking so we have to you know destroy these things it's it's crazy all right uh frank tomaszewski is our guest we're getting ready to jump back into it uh we're going to continue here the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free-thinking radio please like and share like and follow uh and subscribe and ring the bell on youtube here we go Continuing now, uh, Frank Tomaszewski is our guest. He is running for State House in District 34, the seat previously held by Greyer Hopkins, and I wanted to talk some specifics here. Uh, so, Frank, uh, let's let's first just get into this. You think government in the state of Alaska is, uh, you know, is it the Goldilocks? Is it too big? Is it too small? Is it just right? What's uh, what's Frank's take on the size and scope of government in the state of Alaska right now? Well, you know, with government, you, the problem with government is they always want more. Right. It doesn't matter how much money, how, how big the budget is. They're That's always the going to find a way, always going to find a way to spend that money and ask for more. You know, as far as the, the scope and the size of government right now, I, I think it, it can really I think what it really needs to happen is we need to um, go for a more results based government. Part of the legislature's job is to promote an efficient use of state resources. You know, we need to look at all the agencies 
and have a set of metrics that can be measured and make sure that they're actually using the money that they have in an efficient way. And if they're not, we need to figure, do something else, right? So as far as, is the government, is the state government too big? It's, in some cases, I would say yes, you know, absolutely. But do we have enough, uh, do we have enough state troopers to uh, take care of uh, the crime issues that we're, we're experiencing? You know, um, with uh, SB 91, I don't know if it affected, I'm, I'm sure it affected the Anchorage area just as well as it, you know, uh, affected our local area, but the crime shot through the roof when, when that Senate bill passed, right. uh, what was that back in 15, 16 and, you know, cutting on the police and, and that sort of thing is not really a good idea. I don't think so, right. you know, is government too big? I think, I think Essentially, yes, we need to look at, but we need to look at each state agency. The legislature needs to follow the law and do what they're supposed to. They need to carry well, out the isn't responsibility. That a, isn't that a question of uh, prioritization more than anything else? I mean, we've got things that we're mandated to do by the Constitution, public safety, infrastructure, and education. Uh, and yet we seem to be spending a lot of money on things that are not necessarily under the umbrella of any of those. I mean, public safety should be number one. And you're right, the Matsu, I live in the Matsu uh, Anchorage was definitely affected. The Matsu was definitely affected by SB 91. That's an important thing. But I mean, you know, the number one issue, for example, the number one, one of the largest, uh, line items in the budget right behind health and social services is education. And so, as you said, we're saying during the break, you know, all these, you know, for the children, we've got to do education. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. I mean, do you support opening up the for example, the funding formulas, the base student allocations and opening up those things so that they have to come in and explain every year why there should be an increase. I mean, we're we're spending ever increasing amounts of money on education, and yet we continue to be at the bottom of the barrel for scholastic achievement. So the more money answer doesn't seem to be working. Should we be looking at that? Should we be looking at school district consolidation? Should we be looking at, you know, is that one of the things that we should be looking at? Oh, absolutely. You know, in the education uh, department, there should be a lot of really smart people that can figure this out. And you can see the fact that you you add more money to it and we're not getting any results. And that's part of the legislature's responsibility. We need to look at the results that we're getting. If it's not working, something needs to be changed. And consolidation, yes. School choice, yes. All of those issues that are important. Uh, you know, really need to be looked at. We we shouldn't be, you know, at the bottom of the spectrum as far as our, our results for our students. You know, there's there's better ways to do it that we really need to look at and consider. Well, not with the amount of money that we spend. Again, we're nearly the top in the nation. I mean, we're in the top three in the nation in education spending uh, on a per capita basis, yet we are literally scraping the bottom of the barrel for achievements in math and reading comprehension and all these other things. And you look at it and our graduation rate. I mean, I remember when Palin was governor and they were touting the fact that she had, you know, or they were lamenting the fact that there was only a 73 percent graduation rate, meaning one in four were failing. And here we are today at 78%. I mean, it's not like we've come leaps and bounds ahead. We have got to fundamentally uh, reevaluate what we're doing in education. And obviously the more money is not the solution. No, I think they really need to be focusing on, on the important things, right? The mathematics, English, we need to be, so we need to be focusing on those, um, 
and making sure that the the kids are understanding, you know, math. Uh, in the Fairbanks area, we've got, uh, I think it's about a 67% of students that are below or far below proficient in mathematics, right. 67%. That's, uh, that's not acceptable. We should be doing a much better job. And th this is not, you know, a rural area. This is, you know, I mean, there are rural areas in Fairbanks, but, you know, it's, it's an area that should be focusing better at getting our kids more uh, in-depth in math and reading and science and those things that are important. What are they, what are the kids distracted with? You know, there's, right. there's a lot of extracurricular things that the school wants to teach you that are really distracting the kids. There's enough distractions in a kid's life right now that they don't need to be brought into the school to be distracted with. Well, and again, addressing the funding formulas, you know, these automatic escalators that are built in, all of these, uh, you know, uh, we've got to we've got to be able to justify every dollar that's being spent, and we should be uh, making these things more responsive. So that's obviously a big one. You know, we talk about the size and scope of government overall. Uh, you know, making them live within their means. We've spent $14, 15000000000 billion in savings over the last five years. Uh, I mean, should we be putting those monies back? Should we be restocking the constitutional budget reserve? And how would Frank Tomaszewski uh, uh, push that? I mean, how would, what would be your, you know, your first hundred days in office? What are you, what are you looking at here? Well, let's hope we have a good majority in the, in the house when, when I get there. And, you know, then we can really focus on what we need to be focusing on is our needs versus our wants. Right. I mean, like you said, we have some constitutional uh, uh, promises that we need to to uh, address for the state. And we have a bunch of folks out there with a, their handout needing uh, with their wants. Right. So we need to focus on the needs versus the wants and get rid of some of those wants. Uh, Frank uh, Tomaszewski is our guest, uh, GOP candidate for State House in District 34. Frank, one of the things that we've talked about is the necessity for a spending cap. You mentioned the tax cap earlier in Fairbanks. It's been a big help in keeping the size and scope of government down. I mean, it's still grown, but not nearly what it could have done. Uh, so there's been some talk about creating a new uh, spending cap uh, in the state and enshrining it in the Constitution, along with the formula for the PFD. Do you support uh, a spending cap in, a, in, in the state, a constitutional spending cap and a constitutional PFD formula? I think both of those are definitely ideas that we should be considering. Uh, as far as the, the tax cap, absolutely. The spending cap, absolutely. You know, we need to we need to look at that and see how we can slow the growth of the federal or of the state government. And um, for the PFD, I think it is definitely something that needs to be considered and should be brought bef before the people. Right. Because, you know, you don't want a small group of folks uh, determining everything themselves. I want to bring things before the people because I represent a group of people and I really want them to make those kind of really important decisions that are like, are we enshrining that PFD in the Constitution? It's definitely something that we need to discuss and talk about for sure. What about the idea of the CONCON? I know this has been a big thing, a big point of issue, and uh, we see the usual players, the business as usual crowd is very much opposed to the Constitutional Convention. Uh, what's your thoughts on the CONCON? Well, you know, you look at who's uh, um, campaigning against it and you go, 
I think I must I must really like this uh, you know constitutional convention. You know, every ten years it's on the ballot. Right. So um, I think it's to me I think it, it's a risk, but I think it's really a risk that would be we could seriously consider. You know, um, there's a lot of checks and balances with within that constitutional convention. I mean, you're not going to just have a group of delegates decide one thing and then that's it. Right. You're going to have a group of you're going to have a group of delegates voted in to look at certain issues and then they're going to send it to the people for the vote. Now, uh, there there's some, you know, like you say, there's some pros and cons to it. The, the con, I think, would be that if. You know, Alaska is a small state and basically, I mean, it's a large state, but it's small in population. And, you know, there's that outside dark money that can come in and buy an election. Right. We saw right. it with ranked choice right. voting. And so w would they be able to come in and buy that vote and buy that election and get those the folks that they want in there and, and well, consequently... Well. By the election for the people. Yeah, so. as you pointed out, it does go before the people. They are the ultimate say. I think that's the best thing. Frank, uh, we're out of time. Frank for Fairbanks. Frank, the number four, Fairbanks.com. Frank Tomaszewski uh, for District 34. Frank, I appreciate you coming on board and joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again here before uh, the big election, okay? That sounds good. You didn't mention anything about guns, Michael. I'm I, disappointed. What's I, my favorite gun? I know. Well, we should get into that here. Hold the line for just a second, uh, Frank. We're going to be right back to you folks. The Michael Duke Show, Hour 2 Dead Ahead. Mike Shower, our guest. We got a little uh, we got a little uh, lengthy there at the end, Frank, because I always like to give people a last, you know, kind of the, the chance for their elevator pitch. And so... Um, you know, I want to wrap up here on the idea of a con-con. I mean, again, I agree with you. I was very nervous about the con-con to begin with. Um, but I came to the conclusion that, I mean, this ultimately, everything has to go before a vote of the people of the state. And so whatever yes. happens, they get the final say. Uh, and if they decide to put something in that may, you know, I mean, that's up to the people. It's not going to be up to the... Uh, up to the delegates, uh, you know, in part. I mean, it's kind of the overarching thing, but we get the final say. So I was kind of excited about that. So I'm hoping that more and more people will support the idea of a con-con because -con, I think it's the only way we're going to fix this. We can send people down there all day long, but the politics as usual crowd are, are running pretty much everything. The only way we're going to fix this, I think, is with a con-con. Um, and so, I mean, while I was hesitant at first, now I'm full-throated involved and, uh, and, and in favor of a constitutional convention. Uh, but I want to give you a chance here to, uh, you know, make your pitch to the people. You know, Fire Grier, obviously you want to uh, highlight the differences between you and your opponent. Give us your uh, give us your 90-second elevator pitch here or whatever uh, for, you know, for folks, why they should vote for Frank Tomaszewski, uh, you know, coming up here in the uh, major election. Well, well, I appreciate that, Michael, and I appreciate the time and the and all the people for listening. And you know, there's a fundamental difference between myself and my opponent. And you know, it's a it's a cradle to grave, or uh, you know, government take care of you, or uh, individual freedoms. You know, and and I'm a I'm the small government individual freedom candidate, and and my opponent is not. And so you know, I'm just a small business guy, uh, you know, family man. I've, I've got five kids and one grandchild. And, you know, I would hope that people would support me because 
uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just a normal guy. Right. And, and I just, you know, got my foot in the door and I said, you know what, we really need to do something to change this, uh, the direction of the state legislature. I just couldn't handle seeing the, the session after session and the, and the, uh, ineptness in the way the legislature has been working, especially in the last two years, you know, it, it's been really disheartening and, and we need a change. And so I hope you could vote for me and I hope you could, you know, I, I need donations too. Uh, let's not forget that, you know, I'm running against a machine. You can, you can donate at Frank Four Fairbanks. That's the number four, Frank Four Fairbanks, all one word, Frank for Fairbanks.com. And, um, you know, donate, uh, and hold our elected leaders accountable. You know, no matter where you live, get on the phone. And if there's you have a problem with your elected leader, hold them accountable. Tell them how you feel. Get involved. We need everyone to vote. We need everyone to rank the red at the same time. You know, if I've got there's another Republican in my uh, race, and if uh, we need to we need to vote for him as well. And so, um, you know, that's my speech to you. I really appreciate the time and, and the effort that you do to make the state better and more free uh, for for the people of Alaska. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Frank. Uh, I mean, yeah, you need to rank, uh, you know, if you're going to vote for Frank, vote Frank one, vote Nate number two, and then don't rank Greyer at all. And that's how we should, <laughs> that's how we should make it in. You just rank the red. And I think that would probably uh, do a lot more to bring, uh, to bring some sanity back to the legislature. Frank Tomaszewski, thank you, my friend, for coming on board. And like I said, we'll, We'll talk to you again here uh, in the future. We didn't get to the Charter of Changes, so uh, we will get to that, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about that uh, in the near future. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you, Michael. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, Frank Tomaszewski, our guest here, The Michael Duke Show. All right. Um, we've got uh, more coming up. Uh, Mike Schauer is going to be joining us here in just a few moments, and we're going to be talking with him. He's going to be calling us up and uh, – uh, look at him right there. We're not going to be doing video today. It's going to be the old-fashioned way. It's the old-fashioned way of getting things done. And uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, him on board, I think, right now. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. So busy. He's like, I just I got a call on the phone. I can't even do my thing. Um, all right. Well, are you uh, you all ready? You all ready for this this morning? I'm as ready as I ever shall be. If you coffeeed up or you, <laughs> you come, you just like, you know, um, man, I was mad yesterday. Uh, I was upset yesterday. I got that email, uh, talking about, uh, the different levels of support. I'm sure we're going to talk about that this morning and I want to get your take on it as well. Uh, there is a war brewing. Um, I'll say it right now. This is just me personally. I think there is a war brewing. Uh, in and amongst the Republican Party in the state of Alaska, uh, between the small government conservatives and the pro-government spend anti-PFD crowd. And uh, I think that you're at the heart of it, my friend. That's what I'm seeing right now from afar as I look from the outside looking in. And so um, I'm going to want to chat about that. You going to be okay with that? Sure. I'm here for, I'm here for your entertainment, Michael. You're here for my entertainment. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> Dance, monkey, dance. Um, all right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that here this morning and we're gonna talk about that. Mike Shower is our guest uh here as we uh, get ready to go uh with Mike Shower. Do me a favor, folks, please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page, 
And uh, don't forget that today is the final day for you to get your tickets for the Homer Chamber of Commerce truck raffle. It's ending this Saturday uh, at uh, 5 p.m., but today is the last day you can buy those raffle tickets online. So go check it out. $75 um, for this raffle ticket. You can find out more at uh, homeralaska.org. All right. <clears throat> well, here we go. We're jumping back into it. Hour two is dead ahead. Again, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Share the show, no matter where you're watching it. Share it to your socials. And don't forget to follow and like the show page as well. Here we go. Hour two, dead ahead. its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michaeldukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast welcome to the party pal the, the michael dukes show the greed and the entitlement is astounding to me what more could you want from a low budget radio program this is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the internet at uh, MichaelDukeShow.com for the audio-only live stream on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch TV. You can also find us on the podcast, which are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and, of course, Spotify. And finally, broadcasting live across the state on terrestrial radio on your local radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. So, quick things. First things first here in hour two, our guest, Mike Shower, waiting in the wings. We're about to dive into it with him, but a quick reminder before we do that, that on Monday, I will be off. It is Labor Day. I will not be here in the studio. You'll be listening to alternate programming. So don't freak out and send me a bunch of messages on Monday when I'm not there because... I won't answer you, and I won't be there. In fact, my phone will probably be off, so don't uh, don't bother to do it. We will be back again on Tuesday for the remainder of next week. The best thing about the three-day weekend is, of course, the short work week the following week. That's the first thing. Second thing is I uh, want to remind you that, of course, the Homer Chamber of Commerce, uh, they've got that big truck raffle going on. It's ending this Saturday. Uh, it's for a brand-new F-150 uh King Ranch pickup truck, uh, $80,000 truck. They've got tickets right now, raffle tickets going to support the Homer Chamber of Commerce and, of course, all the good things that they do. Today is the last day to get your tickets online at homeralaska.org. Uh, after today, you'll have to go down to the actual office and pick them up. So if you're anywhere else in the state other than Homer, this is your last day to get those tickets. They will be drawing for it on Saturday at 5 p.m. They're going to have a cookout with some hot dogs and refreshments starting at 
four and then the drawing at five. For all the information, please go over to the homeralaska.org website or the Homer Chamber Facebook page for details on this big truck raffle. But today is the final day. Break it, break out your checkbook, break it out and go over there and check it out at homeralaska.org. Okay. What do we got? We got Mike Shower. That's what we've got. We got Mike Shower joining us this morning to talk about issues concerning the state. Uh, I mean, I guess first and foremost, uh, Mike is running for District E. Uh, o. He's currently District E, now District. I don't know when it changes, but whatever it is, it's going to be District O. Um, is it officially District O already, Mike? Is that the thing? Did they decide that now it is District O? Is that how it works? Well, I mean, yes and no, right? Yes and have- no. So I still represent District E. So technically until January when they kind of kick it off, if you want to look at it that way, I'm still responsible for those same areas, you know, like Delta Junction, Glen Allen that they took away. And I don't technically represent like KGB and Big Lake yet. But realistically going into it, especially because everybody's campaigning, you know, I have to spend time in KGB and Big Lake to get to know people. Right. Even though I'm still going to Delta Junction to do a town hall just to, you know, talk to people and make sure they have a full report on what happened. So, yeah, that's why it's a yes and a no. It's a yes and I a kinda, no. I kind of got to do both. So it's District sure. EO. EO, EO, EO. EO, 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 yes. <laughs> exactly. <it is. laughs> uh, all right. So um, we're going to kick things off today. We want to talk uh, with Mike about uh, stuff that's going on. Now, first and foremost, I got this email uh, yesterday, the uh, day before, um, talking about the ARP, the Alaska Republican Party, and their Senate Leadership Committee, SEC. Anyway, it's a committee that basically takes funds that have been donated to the party and it spreads it out amongst candidates that are supported by the uh, ARP and the committees and things like this. And I started reading this and I was like, okay, okay, you know, this is, you know, interesting information. But then I get down into the Senate races and I realize that um, that there is some real shenanigans going on inside the sec and i'm sure that you've probably seen this and probably been part of it yada yada um but um i was pretty this is pretty upset yesterday about this and so are you familiar with what i'm talking about and uh i mean are you are you up to speed on this yes i was sent the same email i'm sure i am sure it is circulating because i've heard it from many people now and quite frankly when i got it um, I was so upset that I went on, uh, I called Mike Picaro Monday afternoon. Um, I don't know about five o'clock and, you know, and, uh, I guess he had gotten it too. Cause he texted, he's like, Hey, you want to come on and talk about this, this Senate fun thing? I'm like, you're darn right. I do. So I called into his program cause I, you know, I didn't want to call him years early cause we're scheduled for today. And, uh, it was really funny because I looked, I said, you know what? I don't want their, I mean, I said it on the radio. I said, I don't want their money. If this is how they play the game, it's one of the reasons Michelle and I, you know what, we're just done giving to the ARP because you have no control where your money goes. They're going to give it to whoever they want, and we'll talk about those individuals here in a minute, and you have no control over it. So I'm like, we're going to give our money directly to candidates that we like, that we agree with, that we think are holding the principles that we you know, hold dear as well, not just going to give it to some other person. Who knows what they're going to do with it, right, which we've seen that multiple times. We saw that at the end of last year early because you and I talked about how the Senate fund was distributed from the end of last year when four conservatives, you know, Roger Holland, Rob Meyer, Shelley Hughes, and myself were only given $500 and the Senate president gave everybody else a thousand dollars or more. So this is a trend, Mike, this is not just something, Oh, this one time. No, it's not. 
This yeah. happens continuously, and it's happened before, and it's happening again. So I went on Bacaro's show and said, you know what? I'm not going to take their money. They can keep their th- – it's not about the amount, right? It's not that much in relative terms. It's $1,000. I go, I don't want it. And I got a $500 check from them that one I just talked about. And I said, I haven't even cashed. I don't even know where it is. I never cashed that thing. I'm not taking it. And I, I said, I made a plea to the people on the program at like 5.15 that, that afternoon. Before a, a couple hours later, Mike, well before the night was over, we had received more donations to us, to our website, than I've ever gotten from the ARP and quite a bit more in a few hours. Because right. the people... I was amazed. They were, I'm like, wow, look at that. Right. I told people, I said, I'll take, I'll take your donations. I don't want it from this fund and, and the games they're playing. And people stepped up in a big way. I was like, wow. Right. It was kind of cool, actually. Well, let me, yes, I have heard about it. Yes, yes, I have heard about it. Let me give some backstory for folks who didn't hear the show yesterday, because I ranted about this a bit yesterday morning. I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I did. So the SEC, which is the targeting committee for the Alaska Republican Party, um, put together a list and they've got two different funds. They've got the House Majority Fund and they've got the Senate Leadership Fund. And these are monies that are collected fr- through the party and are then distributed by this committee to various uh, candidates who are running for office. Now, this is interesting because this email that I got came from Ron Johnson, who is part of the Region 2 Council, and he is the Region 2 representative. And he talks about this and he says, look, the SEC met on Tuesday Uh, the 23rd, and made the following fund distributions. Now, this is the key for me when I read this. He goes, House Minority Leader Representative Kathy Tilton gave guidance on the House Fund, and Senate President Peter Machicki gave the MISS guidance on the Senate Fund, MISS in parentheses. So the House Fund, they gave uh, money. They had uh, they gave eighteen thousand dollars out, and they gave out thousand dollar increments to most people: Jeremy Bynum and Sarah Vance, and Julie Columbia and Tom McKay and Stanley Wright. They've got mostly a thousand, but they took monies and they gave like three and four thousand dollars to some of these races that are pretty critical to winning back the House. The race like Kathy Hensley's race and David Nelson's race and Forrest Wolf's race and Frank Tamashevsky's race, who just was just on running against Grier Hopkins. They gave the monies to those people who were fighting in their districts for a more conservative, you know, they're looking to create a House majority. That makes sense. Then you get over to the Senate side, which again has been distributed by Peter Machicki, and you get people like Stedman and Stevens. They both got a thousand. They're both pretty secure in their races. They're ahead by, you know, double digits in almost every race. Uh, Roger Holland, who's in a fight for his life with with uh, Kathy Geisel, uh, only got a thousand dollars. Uh, David Wilson, who is completely, I mean, he's well ahead. He got $3,000. Jim Matherly, that was a good call because he's running against Kawasaki, got 5000 Rob Myers got 1000 And then Click Bishop, who is, again, by 20 points ahead of his nearest competitor, got 1000 In nowhere on this list did any of the challengers to these incumbents get 1000 get any money except for Mike Showers race where he got a thousand and they gave his opponent a thousand dollars. And to me, all I had to do was look at the fact that Peter Machicki was the one that was giving the misguidance on this. And this just looks Mike, this just looks punitive to me. This just looks like you stood up and did what you needed to do. You stood up to the machine. You you made waves. You made noise. You came on the program. You talked about it. And it looks like somebody wants to slap your hand slap my hand like they want to get rid of me this is a terminator movie i've been targeted for termination right look at this and let, so let's let's go back over because that's a really good summation 
But first of all, I'm going to I'm going to point this out. I'm going to give kudos to where kudos belong. Kathy um, Tilton did a fantastic job. I've talked to some of the uh, House, you know, minority members and she called everybody. She asked them how they were doing, what they needed. You know, they took a very logical and reasonable approach. Like you said, they gave money to people that needed it, you know, that were in a race, but where it was really, you know, needed badly. She took the time and we, they talked about said we need to really give to these. And it, so it's a logical, makes sense, help everybody out, especially those critical races. And like you said, however, we turn the page and then we look at what the Senate did. So I look at the trend, Mike, and I go back. And that's why I brought it up a few minutes ago. And I said, look what Machiki did with the rest of them. And there's certain people. And I, so I want to be clear. Kathy did a fantastic job. Do you think anybody got a phone call from Peter Machiki? Absolutely not. No phone call. No discussion, no how you doing, no what this race is. Not just is it punitive, Mike, it's it's a it's a direct attack. And if you think people like Randy Rujic and others that you know that the old CBC are not involved in this in some way or another to get rid of the more conservative members, you'd be a fool. Of course they want to get rid of us, right? I mean, why when you look at this and you go, you have got to be kidding me. Stedman and Stevens, like you said, have all the money they need. They're secure, they're gonna win. McCarthy is in um, quite the fight, right? And uh, you look at it and go, well, that's, you know, $1,000, and that's not a fight down there with what's going on. Right. Um, you look at uh, Matherly, good call, $5,000. He needs it. We want to win that seat. Rob Myers is probably in the most conservative district in the state now. He doesn't need the money. I mean, I didn't ask Rob that, but, I mean, I don't know if anybody asked Rob that, but you gave him $1,000, and he's doing fine. And so does he need it, really? And then click Bishop drowning in union money go look at his apoc reports i mean he's got i mean that guy's got to be approaching a hundred thousand dollars of uh, stuff right way ahead in the polls not even close and you give him a thousand dollars huh both finance co-chairs thousand bucks both of them lined up with the president and all these issues and then you look at this and so now we come to the crux of the issue click bishop censored by his party but he still gets money all right and then you look at um holland and myself and some other things become clear. So let's think about that. Not every member of the SEC is a part of the CBC, Mike. I mean, there are good people there, too. And I want to be clear, just like Kathy did a fantastic job. There's some great people there. My Region 2 rep is fantastic. I mean, Craig Campbell, some other guys that are very conservative. They're doing the right things. I don't know because they're not going to tell you executive session, right? They're never going to spill the beans on everybody who did what. So it's hidden. But obviously, you know, there are people there that are doing good work, but they're still – the very, you know, I don't know, rhino-ish wing, I guess you want to call it, but they definitely have targeted conservatives. They consistently do it. If you think, you know, I talked about before, like my district, if you think this wasn't drawn with the fingerprints of somebody with an RR initial, um, you know, to make it hard, you know, for me to, to win this district, you'd be a fool. So, you know, it's work. It is what it is. But now, now, we go to this, and this is a whole, brother, they stepped it up. This is a whole new level. Of we're coming after the conservatives and the Republican Party with the vote that was taken by the ARP SEC to do this. So you know what? Step up and tell me what you did, because I'm looking at this, Michael, and I'm going out of the House and the Senate and why I'm not going to give them a penny of my money and why I'm not going to take a penny of their money. Not one single person, not one Republican incumbent, not one in this entire state did they give money to that person's opponent. And yet they did to me. They gave him as much money as they gave me. Wilson, right up here in the Matsu, secure in his race, they gave him three times the amount of money they gave me. Are you flipping kidding me? Right. This is not just a slap in the face, Mike. This is a direct attack. 
This is a direct and personal attack from members of my own party because I don't play the game and go along to get along and do what they want. And I've dared to stand up for my principles and the people in my district and the state, the people of this state, for the PFT, for spending cap and for other issues. I've dared to vote against them on the budget because the budget wasn't good, didn't include the PFT, weren't following the law. And you know what you get for that? You get this. We're going to give money to your opponent, Mike. We're not going to do it to anybody else in the state. We're going to give my bishop who was censored by his party. Oh, by the way, I've been endorsed by both districts in my district and, and the SCC, the Central State Committee for the Republican Party. My opponent has not. And yet they gave him money. Roger Holland, like he says, in a fight for his life, and they go, well, you know, I actually heard this, believe it or not. Well, we rewarded him for how Wade did in the primary. Well, if that's the case, then how come you didn't reward Kathy Giesel because she's beaten Roger Holland? Right. You didn't do that. Yeah. The whole thing, Mike, is predicated on lies upon lies, who we're going to target, who we don't like, political cronyism, give money to our friends. This thing is garbage. I'm sorry, brother. And, and some people get mad about that, but it is. This is garbage. This is wrong. You look at how this whole thing played out, and it just shows you corruption and, and the level of how we play, like I said, the political game. I'm, I'm mad. I mean, I may not sound like it right now because I've had a couple of days to just think about it and go, you got to be kidding me. But when I first got this, boy, yeah, I was like, I was really angry. Yeah. As I believe I have a right to be in this case because what they did is wrong. Right. And they're playing their little games. And I can't believe that they would do this. You know, if you're, if you're going to give money to my opponent, give it to everybody else's. Give it to Roger Hollins. Yeah. Give it to Click Bishops. Well, you right? should. I mean, at that point, if that's the case, then everybody, you get a thousand and you get a thousand. Everybody should get it. And, but instead. They're all Republicans, Mike. They're yep. all Republicans. Yep. And, wow. But they're all, again, they're all focusing in. Stevens and Stedman both have Republican challengers. Why didn't the challengers get money? You know, why, again, why give Bishop money when he's already well ahead? Why And, and censured. And censored. And censured by his, uh, by his district. Uh, with his opponent being endorsed i mean it's it it's in, this is insane man this is insane this is again why i'm never giving money to the party again uh we'll be uh, back with more mike showers our guest the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio if you missed the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, Kelly asked for a copy of that email. I just snapshotted it, and I dropped it uh, onto my Facebook page, and I posted a link here in the chat room. You can scroll up, and you can go look at everything that I just laid out in that post uh, in its entirety. You can go read the whole thing. The only thing I redacted was the email address. Um, but uh, you can go take a look at it. And again, this is this is nothing more then the business as usual, CBC, good old boys club, pro-government spend Republicans uh, waging war on conservatives in the state. You know, I didn't see Shelley get any money. I didn't see, uh, you know, I mean, we can just go through the list here. I mean, why does David Wilson get 3,000? He's comfortably ahead. What is the, what is the last, uh, what is the uh, Wilson? Um 
there's a let me look here. David Wilson is at 46 percent with two other Republicans in that race. But he gets three thousand. Why didn't we give some to Scott Clayton or Stephen Wright? Why did they not get some? Why does he need that? That, that that'll be a there's only there's only Republicans running for the spot. Why would they give? One Republican money over the other ones, especially three thousand dollars, when that's obviously going to be a Republican seat. I mean, this this makes no sense whatsoever, other than we are rewarding people for their behavior. If you capitulate, if you vote with us, if you vote to keep the status quo going, which Wilson did, which is why I was never going to vote for him this this go around, then you get money. If not, we punish you. We give money to your opponent, Mike. Well. Let's be clear on David Wilson because I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to throw a spear. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just coughing. I mean, I got I got worked up. You got to you got you're losing the lung there. Nobody else uh, can hear gonna... that but you. So just keep on going. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, you know, for David um, Wilson, you know, they gave him money. I don't, this is not a request. You no, know, I mean, I doubt David talked to them. They did this and voted. So I'm not throwing a spear at David Wilson on this one. My question is, why would you give him three thousand? When he's comfortably in there, oh, by the way, has two Republican challengers, and I'm not. I'm losing by a few hundred votes, and I have a Republican challenger. The point is, Mike, you can look at this criteria, and I've already started to hear some of the excuses. Well, we did it because of this. Well, we did You know what? I got news for you. None of your logic is going to make sense. Because if it was a reward, which I heard for you know Massey doing well, then you should have given money to Kathy Giesel. Don't lie to me. Don't give me your garbage. David Wilson doesn't need the money. He's comfortably ahead. You gave him three times the amount from a senator right next door to him, one of the three up here in the mouse. You didn't give any to Shelley at all. Not that she has much of a race. She got, you know, some guy is going to be fine. But the point is, is that their logic is crystal clear for what they're doing, Mike. Their, their goal is to kick out the most conservative, troublesome senator that's a thorn in their side because he stands on principle. Because right. he's voted the way that his people wanted him to vote, because he's fought them against the binding caucus and making sure that all legislators are free to vote however they believe best to vote, because he stood for a spending cap, because he's called them out on the issues. That's the reason I'm being targeted. If you think Bachiki and certain members, the, the old CBC and the ARP that are still exist in this party, did not do this on purpose, did not do this as, to throw a spear at me, to slap me down, you'd be wrong. What's funny is you think, oh, this is going to intimidate me or it's going to make me back off or anything. Right. Like, it's going to piss me off. You're just going to make me fight even harder. This is how right. it works. It's amazing that they don't learn that lesson. You're going to pick on the one guy that you know is going to just stand up and fight back. I'm not going to take this. Right. No. Well, it, it's, it's, it's clearly done on purpose, Mike. Don't, the, the excuses are going to be weak and thin and they're going to be pointless. This was done on purpose. Come on, man. So Give again, me a break. again, the good old boys club, uh, uh, Bert Stedman, he's ahead of his opponent by more than two to one. He got a thousand dollars. Gary Stevens is ahead of his nearest opponent by more than twice, by more than a hundred percent margin. He got a thousand dollars. But again, these seats are all being challenged by these are all a hundred percent Republican seats. Why are we giving money to a hundred percent Republican seats if we are going to then split it out for sure? Again, this is punitive. This whole thing is nothing but punitive at this point. And if I, if I was a member of the Republican Party, I would be infuriated by these actions, quite honestly. 20 seconds. Well, I, I can't respond to that in 20 seconds, but of course they're infuriated and I'm getting all kinds of notes about it. We'll talk about it online. I'm going to ask people to donate.
I'm going to show the Republican Party how we can do this. All right. I'll need your help. Hold the line. Uh, Mike Schauer, our guest, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Like and share. This post is now up. Go look at it. Here we go. All right, we're back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. <laughs> I've been hearing so many different things about these races, um, and uh, you know, people are getting uh, people are getting uh, agitated by this. I mean, this is just one thing. This this uh, ARP thing is one thing, and I heard some other stuff too uh, in regards to, I mean, ch- threats and challenges and voicemails that were thrown at Shower and some other stuff. I mean, this is just this is a level of insanity that I don't even know. I mean, why, as a Republican in this state, would you be incentivized to give money to the party at all if this is the kind of games that they're playing in the background? I've said this all along. The Republican Party in the state of Alaska is part of the problem. In fact, they are the largest part of the problem. They continue to shoot inward and kill each other and fight it out amongst themselves. The Democrats are all kumbaya people. That's why they keep winning and that's why they keep pushing. And then again, you've got this contentious uh, sliver and faction inside the Republican Party that just wants to keep things going the way they are. And they are winning because they're fighting dirty and they've got control of the purse strings and that's what's happening. Uh, Senator Mike Schauer uh, is with us right now. Um, Mike, what's, I mean, again, am I wrong in any of that analysis? And what is the solution in your mind at this point? Well, regarding the specific topic, Mike, I mean, we got to be clear, right? When we say with the Republican Party, it's not everybody. There's fantastic people, both especially just regular Republicans, not of the party that are conservative, Republican, a lot of undeclareds, nonpartisans, et cetera, that lean right. Those are normal people. They're good Alaskans. They're great Americans. There's nothing, nothing to miss there. And within the party, there are fantastic people, especially at the district level. And there are some great people even in the party itself fighting the fight, doing their best. But there is also, as you said, there is a portion of the party that is the, the old guard, the CBC, the, you know, the tent is we, we want a big Republican tent. But as long as it's only moderate, right, and we control it, then that's our tent. You can't have those conservatives out there causing trouble. So there's, there's great parts of the party and the principles behind it and why I believe in those principles. Right. And why at times I've had my issues with the party, because the party then becomes those people. Right. There's certain people that want to have power and do things and twist it and use the leverage for their own narrative, their own agenda. So that's why I want to be clear when I say things like Kathy Tilton didn't do it that way. She did it fantastic. I know not everybody that was in the SEC voted this way and went through this. I know there was protest about it and people saying this is wrong. So there are great people, and we got to be very clear when we say that, not just kind of broad brush everybody, but there are elements of when it, especially those that may have power or a lot of overdue influence or they've been around a long time. Yeah, they're wielding it, and they're wielding it, you know, badly, quite frankly, when you look at that. So I want to be clear, but that's what leads me to the same thing. Like, yeah, why would I give my money to the Republican Party Senate fund or for, to allow them to distribute it when I know they're going to play this kind of game? And they're not going to give it to the to the candidates that I support. I'm looking at this right now. I just had a source last night talk to me a little bit. He's like, yeah, you know, word in the streets, Deadman saying that, uh, you know, unless there's a binding caucus, he's not going to join. There's no way. It's like he wants people must they must promise their vote on the budget. Nothing like promising your vote ahead of time. Right. You must promise your vote or he ain't going to join it. And you think it's OK 
that the Republican Party is going to support that guy? Do you think it's any coincidence, Mike, that I finally broke the binding caucus with the help of a lot of other good people that have finally come into the legislature, that we finally got rid of that arcane rule that forces legislators to vote a certain way? And this year, for the first time in seven years, we got a statutory PFD out of the Senate where we didn't have a binding caucus. You think that's a coincidence? That's a direct result of legislators being able to freely vote how they believe best. There's no coincidence, and people like Stedman are getting money from the party because he wants to take it back there. He's not going to join with other Republicans unless he gets that. What do you think the chances are there's going to be Republican control of the Senate with somebody like that saying that? Going into it, going, I will not join a caucus with my Republican colleagues unless they promise their vote to me on the budget. You've got to be kidding me, and yet this is the game we're playing, and these are the things you're hearing. And then they give money to other people. I mean, Mike, let's just... The whole thing is just a, you know, it's trouble. It's troublesome, right? And it should bother people. And I don't want this to be like, you know, and you're right, we do. We circle the wagons. We shoot inwards at each other. We're doing this. I mean, we've got all these races with multiple Republicans. You know, if somebody's saying, well, I like Mike Shower and he's doing a good job, well, then why are you running? You know, or if you got four Republicans in a race in, in Eagle River, why in the world do two of them drop out? You know, I said this about Mike Robbins. I think we even talked about last week, you know, the Dave Bronson campaign. Mike actually did the right thing when he lost the primary and he backed out and said, everybody go support Dave because we don't want Mayor Dunbar in the, the disaster that would be. And he did the right thing, right? He went, you know, there was a primary and he lost it, and he, but he did the right thing. And I'm looking at it now, go, we're going to have these people that, you know, for whatever reason, are going to stay in a race. You're going to split the vote and you're going to give it to Kelly Merritt, who's right. clearly a union backed person that's going to do what the unions want. That's already shown us that she will sell her soul to the Democrats and join him. And I just said what Stedman said he's going to have. Let's say Merrick goes, Diesel goes, you know, this would I lose. What do you think the Senate's going to look like this year? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. No. Do your PFD? You ain't going to get one, folks. You're back to the $1,000 if you're lucky. The budget is going to have no constraint because there's not going to be anybody trying to close it in. You know, you got people that are running for office here that are, you know, all state employees and where their focus is going to be and their loyalty. I mean, that this is the stuff you're seeing. And yet this is how the party plays the game. And they go that the guy that was the, the most on the right holding the line, like I said, on the principles and voting the way that his people wanted him to right, holding the line on those things gets slapped like this by his own party. Right. Well, well it, obviously, but I want to be very clear from the president on that Senate president on down with certain members of it. And you vote. That's how the game is. Well, look, look, and I'm going to name names because we've got, you know, we've got Randy Rudrick in the wings. We've got Ann Brown, who is the chair who disallows any kind of uh, who disallows any kind of discussion that flies counter to the uh, good old boys club. Um, You know, you've got uh, uh, Peter Machicki and you've got the Burt Stedman and you've got this cabal of people that wanted to continue the way that it's going now, which is pro-government spend and uh, anti-private sector spend. And that's what it's all about. These people want things to continue the way that it is. This is why the part. I mean, look, Randy Rudrick was called out back in what, 05, 06, 07 by Sarah Palin. And that's when, you know, we got some real spotlight. in it. He's still in there today with his fingers stirred in the pot doing stuff like this this is this is why again if somebody's considering donating they should donate to the candidate and not to the party give it to the candidate your best way to control your money and where it goes um, is to give your money to candidates that you believe are going to uphold your values are going to vote the way you want them to vote and that's That's your best use of, you know, either donating to somebody's campaign directly that way, a person or 
helping them get elected because that's certainly an issue. I've said it on the program here. I'm, I'm going to ask your people right now. I'm going to ask you, just like I did on Michael Carl money. So you know what, folks? If you believe I'm doing the right thing, if you want me to go back, if you want to see not these games played like the party's doing, I don't need the ARP's money. I need yours. Go to MikeShower.com. I've got the website, MikeShower.com. I feel like you, like, like Michael Deuce, like the radio. MikeShower.com. Go to MikeShower.com where they say it like 10 times right. in a row. And I don't care about the amount, folks. Show me the grassroots support. Show them we don't need that from them. Right. Give me 20 bucks. That's fine. Put it in there and show that, you know, we have pages and pages of people supporting, you know. And, you know, of course, when you get 100 people giving you 20 bucks, it starts to add up, right? But the point is, it's the grassroots support. You do it. I want to get donations from you. I don't want it from them. Because guess who I represent, Mike? I don't represent certain elements of the ARP. And I'm going to keep being very clear about that because there are good people there. This is not everybody. I want to be crystal clear on that so people don't go, Mike's just slashing the party. No, he's not. It's not the party. I went to the convention, you know, months ago, and there were great people there doing great work. There's also the other ones that we have to contend with, right? So that's a problem. And that's just something we have to deal with. But I want donations from you because I don't represent the ARP and I don't represent the SEC. I represent you. So help me, folks. You want people like me to go back, get on there and show grassroots support. Go to that MikeShower.com page and, and give me freaking 10 bucks, whatever. Just show that we're going to do this on our own without their help and we don't need them. And if you have time to volunteer, and it's not just me, go to go to Frank's. They're just on the program. Go to everybody else's that you like and thanks to good ones and give them 25 bucks, whatever. Right. There's people that are giving me, Mike, I got six bucks from somebody. He said, it's all I have. I said, I don't care, brother. I appreciate the thought. That's what matters because you're showing that you support. That's what matters to me. I remember the last campaign, the most... The, the best contribution I have ever gotten was a young girl that um, came with her dad and we met them and talked number times, really good American, a veteran. And his daughter had saved $3 from her lemonade stand that summer. It actually kind of teared me up and she gave me her money, her $3 right? because she had listened to me talk, we talk and she believed me. He's like, Mike, she believes in you. And she gave me three bucks. I should have just taken that and framed it. Of course, APOC makes you report it, right? And put it on a wall somewhere because it mattered, that kind of stuff. So, right. Go, you know, and then volunteer, Mike, go to people's pages and help them walk some neighborhoods, make some phone calls for them, you know, what, share their videos. Cause I'm getting censored like to read about on Facebook right now, right. trying to get the reach out. I'm trying to boost posts. They go, you can't boost your post. Okay. And I look and I get like, you know, 20 likes where I used to get 500, you know, whatever. So right. Help folks. I mean, getting, that's... Yeah, you're getting crushed by the algorithm for sure. I mean, oh, look, yeah. look there's seven. I mean, let alone the listeners who are out there on terrestrial radio. And I imagine that there's, you know, probably a few thousand people who are listening to the broadcast right now. There's 70 people in the chat room. If there's 70 people in the chat room, just drop 20 bucks a piece or 25 bucks a piece. Next thing you know, you know, you've made 15, 1600 bucks to your campaign that you can use to go out and visit these people and do those things. What we need is a grassroots effort. We need to tell these republican party jackals that they don't control what's going on that they may smirk and smile and 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 twirl their mustaches in the background that they know better than us how we're going to do things and we need to tell them no you don't know better than us you're not following what the ideals of the party are you're holding everything back and you're basically abusing the system and it needs to stop that's the that's the answer there well, it is. And you, you mentioned one before, and I, I think, you know, we talked about this maybe a little bit some time ago, but you have something like, you know, the, the state convention or not the state convention, but, you know, the SEC meeting, we went to it. We were there, you know, I don't know, a month and a half ago or whatever it was, two months ago. And you mentioned Rudrick. 
and we had talked about this. So I know that, you know, I was very open about it because you guys know, I I tell you everything because I believe you should get it. But the guy stands up at the meeting in front of a hundred people and he calls me out by name and flat out lies about how things played out the context of the election bill that I had in front of everybody and people are up in arms and I'm sitting there going, I don't get to respond to this. And I get no chance to respond and rebut. And I go, that's a sixth amendment violation. You have the right for a confrontation of your accuser. It is a constitutional right we have yet within a party that says it loves freedom and loves our constitution and loves the country. And again, I know it's not the people, but we have a party that says that, but you have an official officials in there say, no, you don't get to respond. Well, and I imagine I, if I, I, if I stood up and said the same thing about him, you go, I get to talk to that. I get to Well, respond. no, no. And I understand that. I, I mean, I, my understanding is that somebody actually said that you should get a chance to respond to that. And, and they the were told chair, no. And Brown, the chair said, no, we're not doing that. I mean, what yeah. legislators this, don't get to speak here. This is, you a, know, we can be, <laughs> You know, come on, man. Seriously, this is a concerted effort. This is a concerted effort, and I am incensed about it. And uh, and I think you, as a listener, uh, and as and I'm assuming as a conservative listener, you should be as well. You should be infuriated by the fact that this is what your the party of your choice for many of you is doing to constituents out there and to and to legislators who are trying to do their best in to get a smaller, more limited government instead of more government spend, taking the PFD and all the other things, you know, enlarging the the uh, defined benefits program and and embracing a binding caucus and embracing the fact that they're going to give you a leftover PFD. Those are all the things that they are fighting for that Mike Shower is fighting against. All right, we got one more segment, and I got some questions for Mike specifically. I got some questions from the chat room that we're going to talk about, and then we'll. I also, again, I heard some, I heard some other stuff too about uh, some of the things his opponent's been doing. So we're going to talk about that as well. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. I'm, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm getting so angry. I mean, there's, again, I'm not a Republican, so I don't have a dog in that fight particularly, although I identify, I identify with a lot of Republican values. And that has usually been my party of choice when I'm voting for these things. And it just, it, it gives me a point to where I just like, I can't. Uh, Tuckerman Babcock in the chat room, Mike, uh, says, uh, Tuckerman Babcock endorsed by the ARP, all three local Kenai Peninsula districts, both Republican women's clubs, former ARP chair, not a penny from the Republican Party. He didn't get one in the House. So, I mean, what's going on? Um, Politidick comes in and says, ARP works for special interests. They want to make sure to elect their team players. Anyone who doesn't vote the way they tell them to gets the sh- that's that is this whole argument in a nutshell. Essentially, you had the audacity to stand up to the leadership, to stand up and say what you're doing is not right. Uh, it's one of the reasons I think why Machiki just vaporized and, re- and refused to appear on the program anymore is because he didn't like being called out for the things that were going on, and you continued to do it, and therefore you must be destroyed, terminated. You've been terminated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on, Mike. You look at the 
the the stuff. I mean, I have an opponent that on his own website says that, you know, he believes in the sustainable PFD and whatever's basically left over, you know, whatever the state can afford. That means it's going to be the $500,000 PFD. I fought for the statutory Tory one the entire time, but guess what? For most of the Republican Party, people support that. They want the statutory PFD. They want to follow the law. You got an opponent, my opponent, who's saying the exact, on his own website, says the exact opposite. And yet they still give him money. And he's not endorsed. I am. They still give him money. Right. And you look at the players and you look at who's doing and saying things and you go out of the entire state, all the House and the Senate, all of the races in all 40 districts. Right. With the exception of Donnie Olson, lucky guy, doesn't have to run 59 other running all these people in the races. And like you said, all all Republicans in most of these races with the hand, with the exception of a handful. And they pick one guy and one guy only to give money to his opponent, which the argument of rewarding him for doing well doesn't work because then they should have done it for Roger Holland and they didn't. So that's a lie. They picked one guy. And who did they pick? The one guy that has stood with the microphone and the megaphone for five years running and called out the bad stuff. That's who they're after. Don't tell me. Don't you dare sit here and tell me that this was some kind of fair thing or we're thinking about it or it's okay because it is not, it is not okay. And it was wrong and it ought to make you mad. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm infuriated by it. That's, that's the bottom line. We're going to come back, uh, here in a minute. And one of the, I've got a question from, uh, Chris, um, in, in Twitch who asked this question about 40 minutes ago, but I think it's pertinent and I want to get to it. So I'm going to surprise you with it when we get back to the radio. I'm not going to give it to you right now. Um, but yeah, Kevin McCabe says as a house member, he said the house minority leadership consulted with all of us before she gave that guidance to the sec. She said, this is leadership. You mentioned it earlier. Kathy Tilton went around to all the things that said, who needs what, what can we do? How can we help you? And in, in, in the Senate's case, no, there was no discussion. The the Praetorian Caesar from on high, the Senate president said, I'm going to decide the winners and losers in this race. And you can look at it. You can see exactly who gets the little cherries on top and who doesn't. Uh, anybody that was in support of uh, smaller, more limited government gets either a pittance or they get uh, they get the sticky shaft when it's all said and done. Well, I mean, what does he want me to say to that? You're wrong. I want you to agree with it. It's what I want you to do. Damn well, of it. course Just I do agree. What I'm saying. Listen yeah. to what I'm saying right now. Of course I agree. This entire thing is a, is a sham. You know, most of it. I mean, like I said, I can look at one. I can look at one good race that the Senate did, Matherly, with a Democrat. One good race where that was an appropriate use of those funds. Everything else is bogus. Doesn't make sense. Right. It wasn't logical. It was a, either reward your friends or punish your enemies. Or the ones that didn't do what you wanted. That's what right. it is, man. I'm telling you right now. I look at this, and if you think the people doing this stuff are gone or they're going to go away, you're going to see them again. Trust me. Right. You're going to see their names come back up. Well, you again, watch. Yeah, you, you watch. You look at these races in the House: uh, the Kathy Hensley race, the David Nelson race, the Forrest Wolf race, the Frank Tomaszewski race. Each one of those is an important race to overturn those seats. Those are the seats that they think that they can win. So they dumped three and four thousand dollars into those seats, and yet we've got seats again. Uh, in the Senate, where conservative Republicans have done a good job for their constituents, they're popular, they're endorsed, and yet they got nothing, or maybe a thousand bucks, or in Wilson's case, 
three thousand for a race with already with three Republicans. That's you're going to get a Republican no matter what you do. But it's not the right kind of Republican, apparently. And mm. uh, and the same thing with Click Bishop. I mean, all, there's a ton of these races where they're all Republicans in the race. Why wouldn't you focus on races that were iffy? You know, I mean, it, it's a all right. Or we we got to go back. Do, I got the ding. Right. I got the ding. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. We're going to go back to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Here we go. All right, we're back. Uh, one final segment with Mike Shower. We're going to dive into this. This hour of the program being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West. You can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com for all of your communications need for satellite. Voice, text, email, internet. Of course, the bivy stick and Iridium phones. Go check it out. SatelliteWest.com. Mike Shower. Uh, so here's the question. Uh, this came up in the chat room. This was asked about 40 minutes ago, and I saved this uh, question because I think it's important. Uh, Chris on Twitch says, I got a question for Mike. Given the way the Republican leadership has chosen to bet against him, and I would argue actively campaign against you, will he change the way he caucuses in the future? I think it's a valid question because, again, we keep talking about how we're going to play nice amongst the people so that we can get our way. And blah, and that's obviously not working, Mike. That's obviously not, not happening. So is this going to change the way that you caucus uh, in the future? Well, I mean, you got to think about that, right? I mean, you got a guy like Bert Stebman telling people he is not going to caucus with other Republicans unless they agree to promise a vote to him, because I guarantee his plan is to be the finance co-chair again, unless they promise their vote to him. I'm done with that. You already know my stance on the binding caucus and this rule and how we play the game. I'm not promising my vote to anybody. Mike, that is that is ethically, morally, and quite frankly, as I've said before, dozens of times on your show, that is probably legally wrong. To do so, you can't promise your vote to somebody, but that's how we operate here. And I will not do that. So I will caucus appropriately. Now, there's there's problems with that. And you have your, you know, your muskrat caucus or your caucus with a bunch of people that are wildly opposed to you and other things that can be a problem. So we'll that one, you're going to have to play it by ear. But if you think I'm going to join a caucus where they're going to make me join and to be there, I've got to promise my vote on anything. No, my vote's not for sale, Mike. Never has been, never going to be. I stand for the people of the state and the people in my district and what they want me to do. And that's things like a spending cap and the constitute and protecting the PFD, following the law, balancing the budget, election stuff. You know, those are the things that I hear about from people, you know, lately walking neighbors. I'm hearing, you know, crime, roads, other stuff too. priorities that I need to focus on as well, because that's what the people want me to do. And that's part of the job. You do what the people want. So my caucus will be wherever I'm not having to promise my vote. But if you think I'm going to join a, a Republican-led caucus that's going to have a binding rule that's going to force me to vote a certain way and promise it, I'm going to have to do something else. I'll either be in a caucus of one again or I'll do whatever I have to do, but I'm not about to join something that's going to force me to promise my vote, Mike. That is wrong on every level. Well, let me play you, let me, let me play you a hypothetical then. Let's just say that some kind of caucus is coming together and Stedman has wormed his way back into the point of where maybe where he will be uh, Senate Finance Co-Chair again. Um, is that a caucus that you're going to get behind? 
Because again, we, we this is the problem is that even if we're trying to get other things done, we're putting the same people back in positions of leadership, binding or not. And we saw what happened. I mean, the supposedly the finance committee was supposed to exercise the will of the caucus. That's a, those were words right out of the Senate president's mouth on this program. And yet we saw what happened. I mean, so would you are you going to support a caucus that's going to allow those people to worm their way back in back into power? Well, let's be clear, too, Mike, on that one. One of the reasons that he's so mad at me and a few others is because I rolled them on the Senate floor. They're very angry that I rolled them with the help of other good Republicans and some Democrats. And we were able to pass a statutory PFD. We were able to get in the energy relief check. We were able to add all the infrastructure money and do all that without deficit spending this year. Had money, needed to use it, so we used it. They're mad. They're mad because they lost. We won. They're mad because our priorities were taken care of. Theirs were not, right? So let's just keep that in mind. And if you think that's a short memory that they're going to forget about that and move on next January, trying to organize or whatever we do, you'd be wrong. They're going to remember that forever. They're going to hold that as a weapon and leverage, and, and they're going to never they're never going to forget that. So that's going to be in their mind in every single thing they do. To answer your question about the organizational structure and what look, I have no idea. Because until we know the players going back, there's no way to know that, right? I mean, if you're going to go back and look at the table of finance for the last four years in the Senate, you had the same people for four years running. And we had promises from the Senate president on down of how it was going to be this time, as opposed to under the iron rule of Kathy Diesel, who may very well come back with the way things are looking. And I can tell you how that organization is going to run and what's going to happen. Right. So. If you think that, you know, you're going to come back and there's not going to be a muskrat caucus, you know, where there's a couple, you know, Republicans that are going to throw their weight with the Democrats. I don't know. But then I look at some of the Democrats go, what are they going to do, Mike? You got guys like Donnie Olson and Bill Wilkowski that are very supportive of the PFD. If they join a binding caucus, they're going to be voting against the PFD. How's that going to play out? Right. They're not going to want to do that because Stedman's right. not going to agree to that. So this is not exactly an easy thing where, you know, this is what it's going to be with these people for that, because it's very fractured on that. You can't just go, well, the Democrats would do that with those three Republicans. Just to, Well, no, because then they're going to say, well, what about the PFD? Because they can't afford to vote against it. They right. stake their, you know, their flag on that just as hard as I and others have. Hard, it's a hard question to answer because until you see the results, we won't, we won't know the numbers. Right. And it, this is down to one or two people right now in these races. Like one or two either way, we either can control the Senate or we might very well lose it. And, and it's just unknown. Some of these races with the what's happening in the mine and. Some of the others are hauling and ranked choice voting. It's just, it's harder to predict right now. Right. I don't know. And I'm not trying to pawn the answer off. I just don't know. It's too right. hard to tell. And it's, it's not easy because the PFD is still the thing. It's still out there floating around like that big old sign in the sky. And you're going, hey, well, look at me. I'm the big problem child. We ain't solved it yet. Right. So. Um, people have been asking in the chat room about Mia Costello because her race against Clayman is so close. I didn't mention that the committee had already m uh, said that they had given her $5,000. So she's received more than anybody else uh, in that list for that fight because that's an important fight. Her and Clayman, yeah, that's going to be a very, very close fight. All the other fights pretty much are Republican on Republican violence at this point. That's exactly what's going on uh, in those cases. Uh, well, same thing with me. Same thing with Matherly. I'm fine with both of those because those are races we need to win. And it'd be nice to pick up the seat with Matherly. So I'm okay. That doesn't, Mike, if the committee, if Machiki and the committee had just done the right thing and just either given a little bit of money to everybody, including other people's challengers or none and stayed out of it, I would be fine. I would have no problem. That That's the way it should have gone. Right. But when they pick on me, the only one in the entire state, you know this has become personal. You know this is about my my stance on the issues, which is why I'm, I'm making a plea to people to help me. 
because yeah. I don't want to get it from them. I want to get it from you. And that's the problem. They didn't do this right. It was unfair. And it was targeted specifically for the ones that are holding the line the hardest against the old school, against the old guard. That's the that's Mike, MikeShower.com is where you go if you want to donate time, money, get a sign, do whatever. Again, $10, $5, dollars $3, whatever it is, $25, $100, whatever you could afford, that will definitely help and show them that Mike Shower has the support he needs. I'm down and to others, not just me, do others too. Yeah, I'm do down to some others that need the help. I'm down to the wire here, so I guess I need a simple yes or no and, and we can come. I heard some I heard some uh some things about the way the campaign has been going, and I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, Yeah, I heard that. Uh, that, uh, that even that you had some interaction with your opponent where he, I don't know, some kind of threatening voicemail or something and some kind of trying to make hay out of uh, some kind of campaign thing that happened on Big Lake and and uh, he got real snotty with you or what is it? I mean, is this what's going on? I mean, is this a kind of tete-a-tete we're seeing right now? Somebody told me that I'm dealing with the Wasilla tribe. Um, a couple of weeks ago at a luncheon I was at, and he's like, oh, Mike, you know, we were just talking about a few things that are percolating and floating around out there and getting all kinds of feedback. And I think that was a pretty apt description of it. I'm dealing with the Wasilla tribe that's circling around, you know, family, friends, you know, decades long, you know, that small town in Southern Alabama, you know, where everybody's related to everybody and they got their favorite you know, right. that kind of stuff. And that's, that's what I'm seeing. We, we could talk, we don't obviously have time this morning, but I guess we could, I'm trying to just keep it, Mike, at the high level. I'm doing my best to stay on policies and positions and stuff because I have a clear record. And, and I'll tell you the baseline of this. We even thought we could we can talk. I mean, there's some stuff floating around, certainly that happened and, and rumors and other stuff. But, you know, the biggest thing, Mike, I look at people, I go, do you really, really want to change out your racehorse in the middle of the race? I've been there four years and some change. I've got the staff, the experience, the knowledge base from all of my experience in the past from military leadership to, you know, those private sector, small business stuff, four and a half years of experience. I know the people, the structure. I got the whole thing down, right? And now we're ready to go. I got the bills ready. I've got ranked choice voting repeal ready to file. All of that stuff, the pump is primed and ready. And you want to vote me out right now at that point and put in a freshman who will have none of that with none of that experience and background? who would take years to get himself on, on the ground and, and start doing those things, who's done nothing but state service, not a spear at anybody. I'm not throwing a spear at my opponent at all. But to take that level of experience and ready to go, get hit the ground running or put a brand new person is, why would you do that? It right. doesn't make sense. Well, and again, especially since where your opponent stands on, you know, the binding caucus, where he stands on the PFD, where he stands on defined benefits, that's enough right there for me. We're out of time, though. Mike Shower. MikeShower.com is where you go. Folks, thanks for coming in. Tomorrow on the program, Elijah Verhagen, Sarah Vance. Don't forget, today's the last day for your truck tickets down at the Homer Chamber of Commerce. Go to homerchamber.org. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, damn, that was a fast hour. Okay. Um, Usually is, isn't it? I know. <laughs> so what do we got? Uh, any final thoughts here? I'll let you wrap up here, Mike. Last two minutes here. I'll let you wrap up on the thought process here. No, I think that's just the message I'm trying to get to people, Michael. It's like, look, I, I stand my ground. I represent the people of this district and the state, I think, as well as anybody, um, especially on the conservative principles and the things like the PFD and the stuff that matters to people and constraining the growth of government, you know, election and other issues that are very important to people across the aisle. You know as well as I do, I work very well with people in that building. There's a few holdouts of, you know, that are really hardcore, but that's, you know, like the, the old guard that want it their way. 
But, you know, when it comes to working across L, the fiscal policy working group, bipartisan, I was a part of that, the key part of it. I did bipartisan election integrity with the Anchorage Democrats, so I can work with anybody. I've got the experience. I'm ready to go. I have the knowledge base, the background, the training, the schooling, blah, 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 right? All that stuff and the staff and the bills. You don't change out your racehorse in the middle of a race. This is nothing more than this point about people wanting somebody that is going to be, you know, their guy and the guy that's going to do what they want him to do or whatever that may be, right? This, this is a clear, we want that guy gone because he's a pain. He doesn't do what we want. He's flat. He shines the flashlight here. You know, he's too vocal. And so that just makes him angry. That's all this is, Mike. This is a get rid of a guy that is not, um, you know, playing the game. They want me to play the game. I play the people's game. I represent the people, period, dot. You know that. Not the party, not not a caucus, not anything else. I represent the people. So that's my two-minute pitch to you. That's why I think I should go back. The best reasons for that right now, send me back and let me try to finish the job. And you know me, too. I'm not a you know 30-year politician. I think a couple terms is appropriate. That'd be nine years for me. That's a good term limit. You know, two terms. Right, <laughs> send me right, home. Right. Um, now send me know. done. I'm done at this point. So. Stick a fork in me at that point. Um, Adam says in the chat room, and I think this is a good call too. Mike Shower, if you're going to do a town hall in Delta anyways, would you be willing to coordinate with Elijah Verhagen and do a joint town hall? People of Delta are not happy with having our representative ripped away from us and most likely ending up with Click Bishop, uh, but know little to nothing about Elijah. So maybe that's something you can coordinate the background. That would be, I mean, I think yes, that would be with one, Yes, with one caveat. If I'm with Elijah, it can't be a town hall in the sense of we can't, Either it either has to be a campaign event or it has to be a town hall where you're talking about legislative. Just got to keep them separate because you can't you right. can't do both, right? So that's the only. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I'll sit with anybody and talk. And I just I think I owe it to the people of Glen Allen Delta to get back and talk to them. Just like I'm going to to Valdez in the next two days to go down and do some you know campaign events and some town hall to talk to people to get out walk neighborhoods. We're trying to get everywhere, Mike. You have a district the size of West Virginia, but yeah, I'd like to do that. And we're going to try to do it in Delta as long as we keep it to you know. The appropriate events separated that wall of separation right so. right right exactly don't want uh, apoc coming down on you like a ton of bricks all right well mike shower thank you my friend as always it's good to hear from you we will uh, talk again soon okay sounds good brother i appreciate the time folks we're out of time again uh tomorrow on the program sarah vance in hour one elijah verhagen in hour two and then on friday we got firearms Friday. Be kind, love one another, live well, and uh, break out your checkbook. Frank Thomas uh, Tomaszewski, uh, you know, needs a little cash to help. Mike Shower needs a little cash to help. We got to fight back against this kind of pushwa stuff. You know, you know the stuff that I'm talking about, right? You know, that was just BS. Yeah, just that stuff in the Republican Party. All right, folks, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.